Help support the Hockey Hurts podcast by donating as little as $1 per month by visiting patreon.com slash hockey hurts. Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts podcast for June 13th of 2016. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Kevin Walsh. What shall we talk about? Yay! Uh, hockey season's over. 2016 Stanley Cup champion. Pittsburgh Penguins. Pretty cool to um, it is. <laughs> write daily about a team that you see them evolve from struggles earlier in the year, uh, go over a total makeover, and see everything just kind of come together. And also... Get that tangible award at the end of the season because that doesn't always happen for the best teams in the league. And I do think Pittsburgh was the best team in the league. They were um, for the last two thirds of the year, yeah. I thought so. And um, I'm just so incredibly happy that so many shitty ass narratives just died a really horrific, fucking gruesome death tonight. It's awesome. So many people saying so many bad things for a long time, and like they have nothing to. There's no defending those bad takes. There, there really wasn't at the time, but now it's like, what can you say? Phil Kessel's the first one that comes to mind. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. You go, I've gone through my Twitter feed, and there are all these retweets of of Toronto media bagging out Kessel, uh, in particular Steve Simmons stuff. It's it's thoroughly enjoyable. to see those kinds of things. And there would be examples of this for every team that wins it every year where, where particular players have, have been trashed out by the, the local media or the national media as the process has gone along. And to have them uh, not just play well, but to be consummate uh, consideration was uh, must be very, very fulfilling and, and, and feel very nice for someone like Phil Kessel. I, I can't stop smiling when I think about it. Such a lovable player. Um, he was so good this year. All year, really. I, yeah, but look, I, I think the point you made at the start of the podcast, the whole narrative thing, it, it's like I, I remember one of the things I said to you real early in the year is it just feels like he misses on goals he shouldn't miss. And he said, but his shooting percentage is not worse than any time it's been in his career. So he still scored at the same shooting percentage as, as he has his entire career. He just happened to get a fuckload of shots in the playoffs. Yeah, that line was great. And I'll say it again. Sid and Gino made it happen. Yeah, that line doesn't happen without those two carrying players. Sid was so good. If those guys finished for him on a few more occasions. I mean, well, first off, congratulations, Sid. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I may not have gone in that direction, but I'm not gonna like go overboard and like say, oh my god, I can't believe he got it because anybody who watches him all the time knows how many how much he he does for the team, opening up matchups and just being able to elevate other other players to be in more beneficial spots, like the HBK line specifically, and. Um, He's he's done quite the thing. If I can, oh, there's so many. I like so many things on Twitter tonight as bookmarks. I think I've gone a little too crazy with it. I can't find the tweet that I wanted for it. <laughs> he's done something impressive with winning that Con Smythe Trophy, and only Joe Sackick has done it. And I'll, God damn it. You'll find it as we go through. Yeah, I will. Hopefully, if I don't, it's... I don't. But he, he's he's won a lot of awards that only another dude has done. So obviously that being sacked. It's it is funny though looking at looking at that that third period. Pittsburgh finally didn't really let score effects nail them down, and they actually tried to play with the puck rather than dump everything out. They did it a little more often than I would have liked, but it does show you that you can stop another team from scoring if you've got the puck, and that's what Pittsburgh did finally in that third period. They had the balls to play to win, and it's something that we talk about all the time on this podcast, like owning the puck, trying to make plays. They out they out attempted the Sharks, eighteen to fifteen, up one goal against a team with their backs to the wall for the Stanley Cup championship, and who had dominated the second period in reality. 
Yeah, I thought that was the Sharks' best game of the series. Funny how that works, this sport. <laughs> it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but Martin Jones let in a really crappy first goal. And... And was superhuman the rest of the way. So it shows you the, the lack of margin for error he had. But, um, oh, I found the, the Olympic gold, world championship gold, world junior gold, Stanley Cup Hart Trophy, Con Smythe. That's a reasonable list. So... Yeah, pretty pretty cool. How good was Latang on that goal, though? Well, how good's Latang? Period. I get I get that, but we we no, but that goal sequence just so highlights what he means to driving offense for the team, and what he can do by keeping plays alive like that, getting it to a player like Sid, who then can find you in. Um, I thought that was a little bit of a leaky goal for Jones too, but not, I'm not trying to bag on Jones. He was great. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just speed, skill, rinse, repeat, and it's just so refreshing to see such a fun team win it all. So a, a well, team that you want to watch play, like you go out yeah. and like, yeah, that's, that's our team. But I, but I have a feeling that like neutral fans don't mind watching the penguins play because of their style at least i hope to think that because that's really as good as it gets in this league right now it is and you and i really hope that the copycat league comes out and we see more teams designed this way well because i i like the speed skill idea of copycat but let's be completely honest when people were saying the last seven years. I mean, there's been a ton of ups and downs for this team. Some of it unfortunate with injuries. Some of it being just terribly constructed rosters as far as depth. The Pittsburgh Penguins have had the hardest pieces to acquire this entire time. They have two generational centers. They have a legit, bona fide number one defenseman. Everything past that you figure out. So... Yes, copy this the fact that the Penguins played with speed, pushed the play and all that. It's going to be tough to copy Crosby, Malkin, Latang part of that thing. And I that, yeah, gets, that gets brushed over a lot. Yeah, but Tampa can't. Like, this is, this is the thing. Tampa went for that speed and skill model. I mean, they're fortunate that Victor Hedman isn't just quick. He's also a freaking giant. Well, they have the model, and that's why they were in the Eastern Conference Final in Game 7. Yeah. And then you have a look at, and then you have a look at what San Jose are. They are speed and skill, but they aren't as quick. And that's just that's just sort of how it happens. And you look at the way they manage to, you know, basically steamroll a big slow team in, in LA, and how they manage to get past St. Louis, who are constructed similarly for um, uh, compared to LA. And I just hope that the volume of teams that have gone through the, the through the Stanley Cup Finals this year to get to this point makes other general managers go, you know what, maybe we need to actually have a third and a fourth line that can handle the puck and do stuff with it so we can create offensive chances rather than just not get trapped in our own zone. Man, it's it was very frustrating to watch uh, the Crosby and Malkin era have, have those down moments. and It just felt like such a waste because they were great the whole entire time. At least the, the, when they were able to get on the ice. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is more than people give it credit for. I mean, Sid had the obvious year-and-a-half nonsense with the, the steckle hit. Malkin blew out a knee. Malkin's had some, like, 15-gamer um, being out, but I he think, I think him and Sid have only missed the one seven playoff games. That was the, uh, the Tampa Bay series. 2010-11 when... Gino blew his knee out and Crosby got steckled. <laughs> and it's. Can I just ask you a quick question? Matt Murray in this particular game did not look particularly fantastic, did he? Um, I thought he was pretty good because the the I think the shots that you're speaking to where he, I, I think you, he didn't track it well. No. I think he was lucky to see it. Period. That was through traffic with, with shots from the point. And I, I, I really, I mean, gave up one goal. 
No, no, this is the thing. Like, he just looked skittish. However, only one puck got past him, so you're not going to complain about that. But in regards to how calm he has looked in the net every other game of this year, that was the most flighty I had seen him look. That was the most movement I had seen from him. Uh, they were, there were more holes in amongst him than I'd seen in, in any of the other games, even the ones where he's letting bad ones. And you just go, that's just what happens. He managed to keep in front of the puck, keep the puck in front of him in all but one situation there. So you go, I don't care that he was skittish. He still managed to win. He he was really good throughout the playoffs, and he had some bad games, but. You know, Pittsburgh won 16 games. They lost one, three, six, nine, 11, right? 16 and 11. Is that the record? Did they really lose them? Well, he didn't lose one of them because Fleury lost one of them. Oh, well, good point. But they lost one to the Rangers, uh, two two to the Capitals. That's three, then six. three to... Oh, I yep, said... Six. No, I'm, I'm wrong. I counted it as six games. Game. <laughs> six games for the... I don't know. My math's off. Forget me. Yeah. I've been three, drinking. Three. Championship. Smart man. <laughs> no, you're right. But there, my point being, there are a lot of games. And you're not going to play great in all of them at that position. Unless you're Tim Thomas that one year. Well, yeah, good point. <laughs> so, you know, long term... I don't know how you you move away from him. Oh, look, that's a conversation yeah, to have agreed, with any but... other pod, my, any, but you are right. Like you, you do get there with it, and it's it's a nice problem for them to have. Um, they have options now because they've actually played their youth and got them cheap. So it's probably the the biggest change in philosophy for me this year compared to previous years, where, like you said, roster construction's been poor. Sort of by necessity, they brought young guys up, and believe it or not, they they actually played to at least a, a third line level. And and when you've got guys like Crosby and, and Malkin on the team, you can drag them up to be, you know, almost top six level players, and that's enough because you end up with a line like HBK because of those two players being able to drag those those players up a level. Like the counter series of the world, get to play with Sid. Sheary, Rust, Wilson, um, all those guys in, in that situation all played above their level because they got to play with two of the best centers in the world. And, and that's the reality of that situation. It's a great setup. They should probably trade Malkin and ruin it. Uh, look, we do have to discuss that at some point. We really do because that's just the... <laughs> It's just the complete lack of understanding of how this team actually works. And it's it's the beauty of, of, of having it. I mean, Chris Kunitz um, played one of his, his best games. I still can't believe Phil Kessel didn't manage to score in game five and, and game six, but uh, it wasn't for lack of trying. Chris Kunitz uh, deserves a ton of kudos and accolades for how he played during this playoff run. He can't score like he used to, and quite frankly, that that no goal tonight, I, I was throwing something. At the no, TV. I. What did I say? I I'm watching the game downstairs. I got the newborn swinging away in her thing, um, and I just yell out, "Why the fuck didn't you shoot that?" <laughs> <laughs> just because, like, it was such my natural reaction. Like, you haven't, Gino just. Sold shot, moved it over. I'm sure you've seen the still frames out there. Anybody that's on Twitter of like just how wide open that was. Yep. And he moved it over, and I guess Gino still could have scored. But if I'm if I'm Malkin on that play, I'm like, well, I did my job. It's there's a goal. <laughs> you get there and you go basic fundamentals. Gino should have kept his stick on the ice, and he could have tapped it in himself. But why the fuck would you put your stick on the ice? He should have been putting his arms up. Oh, I don't blame Gino at all. He did his thing on that. But I don't mean to bag on Kunitz. Uh, in hindsight, it turned out to not hurt. Matter, but still. But his ability, and it's why he's always been glued to Sidney Crosby's wing for years, even when people didn't think he should. And don't get me wrong, he had lulls. 
His ability to see the ice and make controlled plays, pull up, look east-west, hit a guy with speed, it's so incredibly valuable to pushing the play in how the Penguins want to play. And it's not sexy, and not all times is it really kind of appreciated, but I just wanted to, you know, highlight what a nice job he did with that kind of stuff. You know what I didn't mind this time around, either this game compared to game five? Sullivan did put Sid out there with Malkin at times and with Kessel at times. And it's a ch- like we were complaining that he... he Got stuck. Those may have been hard um, mid-line changes. I don't recall a set face-off piece with. Probably not, but there were times. Although there was there a times... sorry to interrupt. There was a shift where Sid kept regaining possession of the puck in the offensive zone, and Kessel was going to go to change. And every time he saw Sid get the puck, he kind of curled back. Yeah, not silly. <laughs> Smart guy. It's, it is it is one of those things where it will be fascinating to see how they construct the roster next year. Uh, obviously, conversations for another day because there there will be reluctance to obviously separate the HBK line, but you're still going to have to get Sid and Gino their reps with legitimate top six forwards. So um, it it can't be understated um, how good Chris Letang is because. He played basically 30 minutes when they decided that it was Justin Schultz and not Ian Cole that was the problem on that bottom pairing. Yeah, that's another podcast, too. Yeah, I know. But that was just... it. it they just kept rotating their five defensemen, too. Like, there were a couple of pairs out there that had barely played together all year, and they didn't miss a step. It was it was a, a ridiculously good effort from a, a much maligned... I'm going to call it a back six, because Schultz did play... Um, a much maligned back six there. Um, and it wasn't just all the tank. Brian Dumoulin scored the opening goal. Um, his ability to, to have brilliant gap control does allow Chris Kunitz, uh, Chris Kunitz, does allow Chris Latang that ability to do what he does. I was just, like, Brian Dumoulin's been so good. I'm glad to see him get rewarded with a goal. Another one, finally. One that is in a win. I, right? Um, yeah. That Latang-Dumoulin pairing was amazing. to the Almost to a fault because the other pairings weren't really that great tonight, at least the first two periods. So. They, they, look, they have work to do in regards to what they do with their, their bottom four. Um, there are some good pieces in place for that to improve. Um, so it's one of those things where... You had the 2008 season where Pittsburgh got close but weren't quite good enough. Then you had the 2019 where it really did come out of nowhere. And they were, as you've, you've, you've posted a few times, were very lucky to win that, that 2009 Stanley Cup. Only this because Detroit got... was a freaking machine. Yeah, no, no, that's that's what I mean. This year it feels like Pittsburgh was that 09 Detroit team. And San Jose were the 2009 Pittsburgh team, just constantly chasing the play, looking for a lucky bounce, didn't get any lucky bounces. And you could actually feel it in the arena. It it really felt like the crowd thought everything was against them. You know, bloody icing calls weren't going their way. All those sorts of little things that you need to fall your way when you are the the second best team on the ice just wouldn't fall their way. And, And... Pittsburgh just drove everything home. Yeah. Can't believe they won it. <laughs> I, I know we're both sitting here like, what do we say? Um, yeah. You know, we have all these great ideas, at least we think so during the year, and then, you know, it all culminates in, into the working out which is an you know it's weird feeling because it just has with this with this pittsburgh team that just hasn't happened things have always gone wrong i mean they had a goalie that's decided to flub it or they their star players have been injured and played unhealthy they've lost all of their back six one year um or the roster's just been constructed so poorly that the top players can't carry the load this is the first time where it's felt like they've actually got it right 
since 2010, which was, you know, obviously the the Yarra Halak uh, Montreal Canadiens that, that did them in then, but this this has felt. I thought 11 and 12, they were really good. Yeah, you, you're pretty big on you're pretty big on that team. They were they were really good last year with Stahl. But, uh, and look at that! You've got a you've got a third line center that can actually carry the play and and keep the puck. Does it completely differently to Jordan Stahl, but keeps possession of the puck. And look what happens! You, you, your top two centers can make something out of nothing. Yeah, getting Nick Benino was was a huge thing. He coming in, his offensive underlying numbers were that of a first top line guy. His Shot suppression wasn't great. You could say the same thing about Phil Kessel. But when you get a group of players that are all like-minded and you cater to the, those strengths, shot suppression takes care of itself because you're driving the play. You've and, got the pump. And Benino may not be the fastest, but for all the things that I said about Kunitz earlier, Nick Benino is such a clever damn hockey player, and he's got the hands to match. He's got great hands, not... And and Malkin, I'm gonna beat you one on one kind of stuff, but just in tight, he protects the puck, and he's so good at making like in the telephone booth kind of plays, and the, and it, and it could be something as simple as a, a cycle where he just puts the puck into a spot where the guy can skate into it with his forehand instead of just that mashing what, it back down low. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of is the the phone booth stuff behind the cage, getting it clear for someone like Hagelin to skate into it with speed or to flip it the other way if a Kessel to get it and be able to drive out of the corner. It's it's those areas there where um, Benino's value really does stick out for me. That's where you, you see the difference um, between what Pittsburgh have had there since Stahl left and, and what Pittsburgh have got there now. It, it, they should – it was really funny. I listened to uh, Hagelin's oh, – not Hagelin's. I listened to Benino's interview after the game on the CBC broadcast – and you could tell that he was like, F you to Anaheim and F you to Vancouver. I can actually play this game as an offensive player. You just had to give me an effing chance. Well, like it was, well this team tried to, during Johnston, as well. tried to do that yep. too. And rem- I remember yep. an interview saying, well, I was just so worried about defensive. And then Sullivan came in and just kind of let me be. And thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Just uh, from an entertainment, I mean, this this cup is so fun. Yeah, but it was so fun. The journey of just you turn on the game and and it's like, yeah, I like this. This is this is fun. There's there's plays being made. Players are doing things that I can't do. <laughs> like I don't want to watch players do the things that I can do. What, what fun is that? Good point. Actually, that's a really good. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I can do that. What, what do I care? I can fucking ice the puck. Well, so can San Jose, apparently. Yeah. Um, but it's so... Like, I, I, I keep coming back to, to the Sid and Gino thing because the, they've been so great for so long. Uh, they've been judged on their championships, not their individual play by many. And, and capping the second championship off really drives home, you know, how great they are in a sense of how certain people view it. And it's just nice to kind of have that monkey off their back. They really deserve to to be held up in the highest regard. And the second championship, I think, allows that to happen more so. I don't think that's necessarily fair, but I I do like that. And you, you did make a point earlier in the year, I think when Chicago got knocked out, was look what happens when your superstars actually get paid what they should be according to the cap and how much harder it is to fill a roster. So uh, Pittsburgh... Thing. Hey? Scary thing for the NHL. This entire well, team's pretty much coming back. I, I know. And they've got a couple of young guys that they could come in and, and fill some of those top six roles, hopefully, that... You know, you and I and everyone else that watches Pittsburgh closely do understand need to be filled with more talented players. It's not to say that the guys that are there um, 
aren't going to contribute again next year, but they should be contributing down the lineup, not where they are and not higher up. So it, it would be nice to, to get, you know, someone like Daniel Sprong onto a wing because he can play with the puck and he can handle the puck. Whereas the, the best example for me is just Connor Sheary. He's in the right spot, just can't handle the puck when Sid gives it to him to either just release a one-timer or just keep possession. It would fall off his stick so often. So you need to try and get a player, whether it's a cheap guy or or a young guy, who knows, but just somebody that can handle the puck when Sid gives those passes off. Yeah, and again, future stuff. I don't see the, the Penguins being really active at all in the free agency market. I don't think they should be. I do think there are some trades that can be had. Uh, no, I'm not giving away my, my off-season blog material on this podcast. Smart man. <laughs> Smart man. Um, I do have some trade ideas that I've been thinking of the last few months uh, based on some things I've been kind of gauging around the league. Uh, if the Penguins are going to, you know, improve, I think it'll be via the trade route, not the not free agency. But it, overall, the team's coming back. And that's you would think pretty so. great. I, um, I wonder how much of this all started with the fact that Mr. Ventura... <laughs> you know, was with the club. Like, you you get there and, and you know, a lot of clubs are saying they've got analytics involved in, in their decision-making, but you do have to get there and go, how much of what they say is considered nonsense by the old hats and how much of it is considered valuable? And as soon as this team changed to higher event hockey and, and making sure the puck was down the other end of the ice, that's when the fortune started to change. Now, I wonder whether Sullivan got on board and went, all right, let's start paying attention to these things, guys. This stuff's important. Or whether the management staff had already got on board because the surely the trades for Hagland and Daly weren't just done on the spur of the moment with the coaching change. They must have been in the works prior to all of that sort of accumulating together. So it would be, it would be interesting to know how that all transpired. And it's one of those things that, you know, how they get, there's going to be a Stanley Cup video, right? I wonder it would be you wouldn't you're not going to get it but it would be great to get that sort of information out of those doco style you know DVDs and, and and presentations and stuff like that that would be the stuff that I would find more interesting rather than the fairy tale story of you know this and this and this if you know what I'm saying Yeah well well it's tough to know for sure in the moment uh, It's a pipe dream I, I think obviously they brought him on because they valued his his skill set. Um, how much? I don't know. But congrats to Sam Ventura. He's a good dude. Um, been fortunate enough to hang out and watch a Penguins game with him at the RIT Analytics Conference last year, and we had some good, some pretty great conversations. And uh, he, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh for someone like that, he he's he loves the Penguins and to you know, get hired by him, and then, you know, he's yeah. probably going to get a pretty cool ring. How would, no, actually, this is what I was going to ask. He's a part of the management staff, right? I know he's in uh, as a contractor, isn't he? I don't know. I think they'd give him one. I, I wasn't more, like, how many names actually get on the cup? Oh, he won't be on the cup, but you can get a physical ring. It's it's based on what how many ownership wants to give out. That's what I thought. Well, you'd assume that he would get on. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's really good to see Pittsburgh kind of at least make that hire. I think them winning it all <laughs> reinforces that, which is really good. Yeah. Because we always talk process versus results, and sometimes the process teams don't win out. Like, L.A. was great. And, well, San Jose obviously is too, but L.A. was the great process team all year long, best possession. Sometimes it just don't work. That doesn't mean you got to blow it up. Yeah, or change the process in itself. Um, What was I going to say? 
Oh, crap. I had a thought process and it's gone again. That's not good. I'm obviously getting old. No? No, it's literally it's literally gone out of my head. It's like I'm just about to turn 37 and look what's happening to my bloody memory. Hope you remember the cup. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you remember, actually, you, that's what, it, I, that is what I was going to ask. Did this game? Did this game feel like it was in doubt for you? Like game game five, while watching game five, I honestly thought Pittsburgh was just going to run over them and win it. Right? Pittsburgh score first, and then Jones starts making all the saves he was making in game five, and I'm like, I'm still happy because they're in front. The Latangle following up the Couture goal. Couture yeah, that scored, was a statement. Right? Yeah, that was a great shot by him. Um, it was the Latangle following that up right away. It was like, oh, okay, thank God, because <laughs> <laughs> they really weren't playing like terrible. It's just you're like the Kunitz wide open net. Kessel got stuffed a few. Kessel had that nice like coming around from the back of the net, and he tried to kind of sneak it short side, low blocker, being cute with it. And I don't mean that derogatory. Um, and Jones got his toe on it. Jones was making some of those saves again, and you're like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, Kunitz, that Kunitz to Malcolm Pass, that, they were already up 2-1 there in that situation. I think the important thing for Pittsburgh was that, what was it, a minute 19 after San Jose had the building rocking again, Pittsburgh basically just comes straight back and go, no, fuck you, we're going to make sure we stay in front with this game. Like, they didn't sit back and and get all nervous about it or anything like that. So credit to all the, everybody on that bench, staff and players, for not not panicking in that situation and not going negative and trying to save the game. It just kept pushing. I think that's where Sullivan's, uh, one of his best attributes, lies. He, yeah. he got the team to buy into, fuck all that nonsense. You You play. Don't worry about all the bullshit. Play. You guys are really good. Just play. Things will work out. And it's been a while. We, we've had some very emotional series where they kind of lost it a little bit, got into the nonsense. But I can't really think of a series that they played this year other than Washington where it, it, the, the physicality was almost the centerpiece of it. Every other series was, hey, we're playing hockey, let's go. You can't hit what you can't catch. And, and you know, there are a few occasions there where Brett Burns really tried to, to nail someone along the boards and they just skated past him. And if Burns hadn't let his emotions get the better of him, because he got so frustrated, you could see it, and he was starting to try and just knock guys' heads off. If he'd gone for the puck, he probably would have just chipped it you know, taking it off the guy's stick, and Martin would have skated around and taken the taken the puck. But they, you know, they just kept playing. They talked a lot about resilient, and I just think they didn't change who they were based on game situation for the most part. Everybody's guilty of those score effects we talked about, except tonight. <laughs> yeah, the one time they didn't, and they win. Um, it's just um, rewarding to see. It's this is what I want to see from from hockey. Focus on all those good things, and, and yeah, you don't always win it all, but keep focusing on that. That's that's where you want to be. I hope more teams do it. I think uh, a team like Dallas, if they had goaltending, they would have been right there. Yeah. Goaltending in their best center, they would have been right on top of it as well. But you can, this league can get popular if we if we start focusing on this stuff. I mean, the the officiating will need to improve because people want to see good players do cool things. They don't want to see good players get hogtied. Um, it started to get a little bit that way at one stage. Uh, through game five and, and this one, it was literally, well, we're going to let them win it. We're not going to give them power play up. And the ones they gave were ones they had to give. You couldn't not give all those calls that they gave. You just you couldn't ignore them. Mm-hmm. 
Would have liked Kessel to have got a penalty shot there, though, because he was gone. He was gone in a sense, but he didn't have that extra step away. Yeah. No, no, you're right there. That's the fair call. Um, I don't know. I, when was that penalty? Third period? Third period, about eight minutes to go. It's one of those weird ones where you almost would rather the two minutes kill the clock kind of thing. I'd rather the penalty shot and have him score on it. Not that he's great on him. Yeah, but they, that gets stopped and it's like... Uh... Yeah, I know. I know. I know what you mean. Oh, it's just... It's nice to have this situation where you win it and it's it's going to be a good feeling for the next couple of days. I'm going to waltz into work tomorrow and, and, and you know, just walk in with my hands up, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it um, it'll be nice. I'm sure I'll get a lot of uh, communication from from friends and family. They being in Western New York, uh, you know, there's not a ton of Penguins fans, so I'm kind of the one that people know. <laughs> uh, so this will be cool. Cool to milk for a while. Why not? We've been trashed and bagged for the last six or seven years because we've not won another one since. And to be a fan of a team that has copped that flack, you get there and go, well, you know, screw you all. There's a little bit of that. I mean, the overwhelming thing is more happiness, great players. Oh, correct. But there's a little bit of the the fuck you. It's what I finally sort of get it now when you look at like Chicago, how they had, you know, all those cups in that, in that short space of time, their team was set up really, really well. And you can understand why as fans, they, they had that expectation of winning it again and winning it again and winning it again. And they did luckily enough for, for that franchise. This team has that little bit of feel about it. It, it will be interesting to see, if they come back with the with the same attitude or whether a few guys' brains switch off on them or, or, or whether it's just it's all systems go and push forward. Because you're right, a lot of this team will return. I think to your other point, though, I think you're setting yourself up for failure when you expect a championship. Uh, my expectation is ice a great roster, try and do the right things, and hopefully you get a little bit lucky. Which and, they did. And they did this year. Well, everything happened this year, but it was the first year in a, in a bit where they, they got the roster thing right. And they were so fortunate that it was so right, and they got a little bit of luck, and they won it all. But my expectation is, hey, ice a great roster. Go from there. Play fun hockey. And if they come up short and they're, and they're doing all those things – I mean, it's an entertainment product. You get 82 games, and I know some people think it's a, it's a drag, but when you have a team like this, it's something to watch on a cold winter night, and you, you get to see a lot of really great players do some cool things on a nightly basis. Yeah. I mean, what more can you really ask for? This is one of the special years. I mean, this is only, I don't mean only, um, because they've done quite well. It's their fourth championship since 1967. And not too many teams have more than them. I think Montreal, Edmonton, uh, the Islanders are tied with them. Is that it? I think I think so. Like, yeah. You, so like, you can't hello. get you can't get selfish. I get, <laughs> it, I get what you're it's saying. pretty good. Um, yeah. It's the expectation to win it all is you're you're gonna set yourself up to be grumpy. Just be happy that the team's in a spot to win and I think moving forward this team certainly has that ability and I'm looking really forward to not right now but in in the coming days leading up to the draft and and that kind of stuff you know kind of tweaking the roster seeing what they can do there's some big ticket items that I think can go out and not not Malkin so don't I ain't spitting out crazy shit like that. <laughs> You're not Nick Kipriot. It's okay. Okay. So I just want to preface that. Um, but they're, they're not going to have the same exact team, but the, it's going to be a team that can compete, and that's pretty cool. 
Is it just quickly? Is Benino a free agent now? Nope. No, so he does have one more year, doesn't he? One point nine mil. Yeah, pretty good. Bet. It's it's not so much the cost; it was more what's he going to cost when his contract comes up. Because you're right, they're, they're it, it's going to be interesting to see whether um, the the French players that played well who are coming up. And I'm thinking about Ben Lovejoy specifically with this whether they get overpaid by us or overpaid by another club. And and those are the decisions that, that will determine whether this team moves forward or stagnates, I think, over over the next two seasons, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's also nice to... Uh, I, I'm a sucker for it. I, I love seeing Mario raise that cup. <laughs> <laughs> Fourth time, uh, twice as a player, twice as an owner. Good thing he didn't sell. <laughs> Very and, good point. And um, I think quite fitting that he wrote, he got to raise the cup in San Jose where he just delivered carnage <laughs> for <laughs> During those early 90s years when he'd have like seven point games. So I thought that was kind of a funny, funny thing to see. I, it's funny that when they won it in 09, I literally just sat on the couch while, you know, my, my wife and the friend I was watching it with were jumping around really excited. This time I literally watched it on my own with the cat and because I'm sick. I just sat there with this massive grin on my face, like, yes, they won it. Like, I got more excited when the Tang scored that second goal than when than when they actually won the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was... Hornquist scored, and, and it was more relief than... Like, yeah. the Tang's was huge because the, the emotions that we talked about earlier of uh, the Couture goal... And, you know, you're like, oh, boy. But to get that goal right back, you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, the cat ran and away. And the right. one's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but I'm not but yelling. Was, you know what I found really, really funny about that, though, is that Hawkwist had blocked a stack load of shots all game. It happens to be Sid that blocks this one. Makes the smart, not panicked, and controlled play to make sure the puck got to somebody who was skating by with some speed. Hornquist did the right thing and got close enough to make sure he could hit the net and did. It was none of those things that happened in that whole sequence were panicked plays. Nothing about it was let's just get rid of the puck. They made sure they did everything right to maintain possession of the puck to make sure that goal was scored and wrapped up. And, and to me, that was the, the more impressive part of, of, about that entire sequence rather than just the fact they scored. No, it was that I was super impressed with that third period. I wouldn't have predicted them driving play that period at all. I thought they no, were if they'd broken own, even, I thought they were going to live in their own end. If they'd broken even, I'd have been happy because it means they didn't live in their own end. But they managed to dominate it, which was which was amazing. In the coming days, I'll. There's so many good stories, and there's there's a positive to take from every single player on the roster. I mean, you got Trevor Daly, who um, got the cup first from Sid. Apparently, his mother is sick, and he relayed that information to Sid, and Sid got him the, the, the cup first. Uh, and, you know, that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, Pascal Dupuis, raising the cup, skates, all that. Pretty yep. awesome. It's. Uh, it was funny trying to watch Daly skate around though, because he couldn't. No, he, his ankles shattered. Yeah, I know. Um, Daly for Scuderi, come on. Yeah. Uh, Justin Schultz raising a cup. I know how hilarious is that when you look at how maligned he was and how poorly he was used in in Edmonton to to come away and and, and do this in. An extremely sheltered, what was it, six minutes he played for the entire game um, in, in that role, uh, particularly considering that he wasn't the issue. 
His partner was the problem whenever they went out there and got trapped in the zone. His partner was the one that couldn't clear the zone, couldn't create a a, a clean outlet pass for anyone. And I, if if I was if I was Justin Schultz, I'd be absolutely ecstatic, but I'd be like, what the fuck? And then um, I can't wait this summer for Evgeny Malkin because he always has these incredible pictures. But that cup day, uh, Nikita, he's already said going to be in that we'll cup. Be in, yeah, <laughs> man, what a what a few weeks for Gino. New dad, Stanley Cup. Uh, love having Gino on the team. Good, yeah, thing, and he'll stay good thing he team. signed for seven more years. You know what was really funny, though? Whatever. He, he did actually say in his interview, you know, I hope I'm here for a, a lot more years, and or whatever it was. And you get there and go, surely he hasn't heard all the garbage that's been said in regards oh, to he they should be hear. the They hear it. And it's just like, yeah, no, screw that. This... It's really funny. Pittsburgh got bagged out for trying to stick to the three-line model, right? The three-center model, because that was what worked when they had stall. And in reality, you get three centers that can handle the puck and play with the puck. It works. It works for the way this team wants to be constructed. So um, it would be foolish to, to walk away from that, I think, because, as you have said, they have two of the top five centers floating around in the game at the moment. That's why it works. Love that they both have Conn Smythe trophies, though. That's so. It's a nice kind of career achievement thing for Sid. More two so. very different, two very different trophies, though, in regards to the fact that Gino just dominated scoring-wise. So I mean, so did that year. In fact, that year, nobody has matched that at all. What they've yeah. done in the Cup era or Cup era, Cap era. Yeah. Their, their no, offensive but, production that year was insane. But, but both players took different roles this time around to make sure that the team won. Like, it it shows you how versatile they are. Well, Gino yeah. kind of with the same role. He had Albin. No, Sikora was hurt. Fedotenko. It was Fedotenko. And Talbot. Yeah. I mean, Kunitz and Rust, it's kind of similar. No, this version true. of Kunitz. Yeah, a good, valid point. Kunitz, Look, a healthy cup champ, top six winger in all of them, pretty good. Yeah, and it's it's just nice to. Oh, you got Matt Cullen, who's four hundred and fifty years old, wins wins his second cup. He gets to enjoy it with his, <laughs> his kids. kid. His kid in the interview. I want Dad to play another year. So do we. Yeah, I think. I I would. I would definitely look to bring him back, and I wouldn't be concerned about "quote unquote" blocking uh, like someone like Sunquist from from moving on up. I, I would, once again, I'm not concerned with age. I'm concerned with can you play at a level uh, that's acceptable during the term that you're signed for. And it would be another one year deal, and I would be surprised if it's more than one point one. Uh, seeing he's he was 800k this year, wasn't he? I could see something similar. Yeah, so if, if he's willing to do that and continue to play, really, six to eight minutes a night, um, maybe a little bit more depending on how much uh, penalty kill he has to play, it fits and it works. He didn't miss a game all year. He played every single game. All year? Yeah, every game. Incredible. All, however many it was that they had to play, he played all 82 in every game of the playoffs. He cooled down towards the end, but... You know, but you didn't it's get a lot killed. of hockey for that guy. He didn't get killed. He was he was a great addition. He was. So, I don't know. Have we run the gauntlet? We have. Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. So, I don't know. I guess I got nothing else to add. We're certainly going to have some podcasts coming up with some more um, 
not patting the team on the back kind of stuff. We'll have to get into some actual analysis with player moves. We didn't want to kind of do that tonight. That's not very no. fitting. It will be tonight. It, it will be fun doing it on the system, on on the back of going. Well, we just won one. If if anything sort of goes wrong, well, you get a free pass, I suppose. Um, as long as it's not an egregious screw up by the the management staff. So you get there with it, and it's just yeah. It's exciting. So thank you for listening to this particular season all the way through, um, particularly with the ups and downs with the technical side of it. But um, it's been really, really good fun as a Penguins fan to get to this point. Um, and we're in, obviously entirely grateful for <laughs> you guys who listened. We, when we started this, we didn't we didn't know what was going to happen with it. But um, uh, I was I was hoping that. It was our hundredth episode tonight. We're close. Uh, what is it? I actually haven't been counting. Yeah, well, it's on iTunes here. I think it's our ninety-eighth. Couldn't even Gretzky oh. it. <laughs> so we're getting up there, almost to a hundred, and uh, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't get the feedback that we did. If we didn't see the the, the growth that we we have. So, and the helpful contributions from those that have, it's it's much appreciated. Yeah, the donations have been great. I mean, we, we put that together and, you know, we were like, well, maybe somebody will. And it's yeah. been more than somebody. So um, much so appreciated <laughs> to all that. Uh, we're not going away in the summer. We've at least, right, we, we've been pretty weekly even throughout the summers. Yeah, oh, look, uh, this Sometimes is where I draw I get... to a half an hour because we just were like, uh. this, yeah. hey, dude, this is my outlet to not drive my wife nuts. So <laughs> if I could do this, if I could do this weekly, this podcast uh, or if... does drive my wife nuts because yes, certain times the kids are in here in the house and she does such a wonderful job of keeping them not yelling and screaming with SpongeBob blaring in the background. <laughs> So, See, so the hockey wives even help out the podcasts, not just the players. Very true. So uh, very grateful for, for my wife to accommodate this podcast. So um, I guess that's it. We won! Con- congratulations to the Pittsburgh Penguins. 2016 Stanley Cup champions. Um, that'll do it. Until next time, I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm very happy Cameron Walsh.